Hello and welcome to Food Systems, a podcast from the Forum for the Future of Agriculture, where we discuss new ideas that can shape a sustainable food system from farm to fork, from policy to consumers, and everything in between. I'm your host, Robert Agraf, and you can find us on Twitter at Forum for Ag. These episodes will be available every other week on all major podcast platforms. Before we get started, we'd like to say a quick thank you to the FFA founding partners, the European Landowners Organization and Syngenta, as well as the FFA strategic partners, Cargill, The Nature Conservancy, Rabobank, Thought for Food and the World Wildlife Fund. Please enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to uh, the second episode of the FFA podcast, uh, a podcast dedicated to all things food system, from sustainability to farming to digitalization, the consumer left, right, up and down. And today uh, we are recording just in the aftermath of the FFA regional live event from Berlin and Brussels. And it's my great pleasure to be joined by Julia Kuhn. She is the CEO and founder of Pilas GmbH uh, and the chairwoman of the German Agri-Food Society. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Robert. Nice to be here. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Julia, you want to start by briefly telling us a little bit about, um, I think, Pilas and the uh, Agri-Food Society and then what your goals are? Okay, perfect. I start with Pilas. Um, Pilas is a farm-to-fork platform. We founded Pilas um, in 2018 as a startup company in the north of Germany. By now, we are connecting about 1,000 farmers all over Germany to um, many thousand consumers all over Germany. Um, So we make um, farm food available for everybody. Um, Farmers can sell their food online, um, use our platform um, as easily as eBay in order to sell their fresh food, for example, cheese, meat, vegetables, whatever, um, to local, regional and also national customers. And customers, on the other hand, can access about 5,000 different types of food um, through our platform and get it shipped on the most efficient way to their doorbell. Um, this is what we do at Peelers. The vision behind Peelers is to shorten supply chain and to fair and to pay fair um, farmer prices. Because uh, we are cutting out the middleman, we are able to um, pay the farmer a fair price um, for their um, goods and services. And on the other on the other hand, the consumer is getting very healthy and fresh food directly from the farmer and they know where the food is coming from, how it has been processed and um, if they want they can even visit the farm if it's nearby. Um, And Peelers is part of a joint effort of many hundreds of young companies all over Germany and also all over Europe that are trying to alter the food supply system in order to make it um, both sustainable and as well um, economically successful. And the German Agri-Food Society was founded last year by 30 young entrepreneurs and innovators from corporates 
um, based in Germany for for the beginning that believe in a joint effort in innovation and um, in order to to bring about a more sustainable um, food supply system. And um, we are um, almost 100 by now. Uh, the this association is less than one year old. And uh, we are supported by the German Farmers Association, by the Rentenbank, um, also the Forest Owners Association in Germany is supporting us. And many um, global German global players in the agri-food market, um, because we all believe that only um, with innovation and digitalization and entrepreneurship comes together, we can bring about a really sustainable food supply that is good for the farmers, nature, and also for the consumers. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I think what would be most interesting is, uh, I think I'd like to turn first to um, this idea of digital growth um, and, and direct-to-consumer uh, sales I think we've what we've all seen, or at least what we've all heard of a lot um, during the Corona crisis and during a time when all the shops were closed, is that a lot of farms uh, have also seen sort of an explosion of growth in the digital ordering system, in people going online, uh, seeking out things in their area and having it delivered while they were obviously restrained from going out and going to the supermarkets. Now that we are slowly seeing supermarkets open back up again, your butcher, your local butcher will be open again. Do you think this digital growth will stay? Actually, I think we'll get a rebound effect um, because people like to to shop offline um, in order to make social contacts. Um, But this is kind of the, the most... The most unimportant thing <laughs> about about online food shopping is getting it delivered uh, directly to their to their doorbell. It's much more about shorter supply chains. It's about transparency. It's about more efficiency in food supply, and this is kind of the downside of this uh, rebound effect that we are now seeing. Um, people started to buy much more sustainable during the crisis um, because they started to buy at their local butcher, at their local neighbor, at their local farmer um, with online tools. And now, as the supermarkets um, are opening up again, they start buying meat from the from the fridge in the supermarket again, which is not locally sourced and which is also not transparent. Um, so I think I, well, I would like to focus more on this. How can we, how can we foster um, this corona effect in the future of a more sustainable food consumption? And this is not a question of online or offline. It's more a, a, a question of how food supply is organized. Okay. Um, so I'd like to follow up with you on that. Um, You've said now a couple of times that, that um, part of what Pilas does and part of, of the, the, the philosophy behind it is the is the local connections, the regional supplies. That would be better for the food system. However, there are all, there's also a great argument uh, on the other side that says, no, it's not about being local or being regional. It's about efficiency. So it doesn't matter if Berlin or Bavaria or northern France uh, produces for instance, steak locally, uh, it matters what region or what country produces it um, most efficiently and most sustainably because they use less resources. How do you see this tension? 
I believe that we should go for the most efficient way of production that is that is that fits our our um, our consumer um, behavior the best way. So, if consumers are looking for local food that is really local and really transparent, then they can go for services like peelers and have a, have a, have a real transparency where their food is coming from. Um, when it comes to buying the, the environmentally most friendly food for the most cheapest price, then they can also use peelers in order to find out um, which, which kind of um, production criteria the, the, the farm is um, applying to. And then they can source also nationally or in the next step, uh, European-wide. So um, it's not our, um, our philosophy that Peelers is deciding whether a consumer has to buy local, regional, nationally or European or even from the other side of the world. Um, our mission is to make transparent what the consequence of their purchase is and to show them where they are buying really from. And then it is on the consumer to decide whether local is better for them than sustainable. And um, we are we are not we are not done with this job yet, but we are on the on the track to make um, food supply as transparent as possible in order to get really informed consumer choices. Okay, that's a fascinating area. Um, because this is a, something that's very, very often talked about, is that what we need to do is uh, consume. It is, is to give consumers better information so they can make um, rational choices or at least choices according to their own uh, philosophical or moral or, or, or the imperative simply of the budget that they have. Um, of course, we, we went on, on the, the, the website, um, we, we looked around a bit, um, and I think one of the important things that we saw is that um, you have a series of sort of criteria of little green leaves um, that, that are an indication of either how close things are or how environmentally friendly they are. Um, now, to me personally, I always have some doubts whether or not consumers, how much consumers are interested in reading the back of the label. Uh, or, or 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 following up, uh, do you is that something that you see that a lot of consumers do, or is this or are the types of consumers who go to a website like yours sort of already predisposed to looking at the information behind the label? Yeah, um, I completely agree with you. Consumers are rather lazy, um, but <laughs> if they have no choice then they won't make better choices in the future. So what we are doing at the moment is um, starting a journey of a more transparent food supply. And of course, our, our um, sustainability index that we imposed on, on all the products you can buy on peelers.de um, is just the first step in order to make it more transparent because, um, well, in the, in the beginning, we had the whole um, farmer story and the farmer was was uh, telling like I'm using this pesticide or I'm using this this seeds and 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 whatever. And what we found then was that consumers just didn't didn't buy anything because they were kind of overloaded by information. Um, okay, so then we came so, up. Sorry, just just a 
if I can quickly break in, when you say overloaded with information, do, do you mean that, that the consumers just didn't believe the story anymore or that they just got so much information that they just stopped paying attention? Yeah, the, the later was, was the case. So they, 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 they've been reading, they've spent um, like almost hours on our web page, um, reading everything and considering which is the best choice but they were unable to, to take the choice in the end because they got so much information that they were kind of like, okay, now, now I'm, what is better now? And if you, were, if you are buying food, then you are always taking um, decisions on different levels. So it's always a moral decision. It's a budget decision. It's also an environmental decision. And if you, if you consider all those informations that are really in this, in this one choice of what am I going to eat tonight... Uh, and if you really consider them them decently, then you are almost kind of it's it's a bit like like in a depression. Then you you are you are not able to decide anymore. So we have to have to do some simplification, and usually the price should do the simplification for us. So this is normally the information transmission mechanism that we are using in a market economy, but our prices are not working that, that way in the moment because we have a lot of sub subsidiaries. We are not pricing in any environmental costs in, in the production of food and, and a, lot of, um, a lot of other things. And therefore, the price is not informative. Yes. And we need some extra information as long as we get no better prices. So what I'm arguing for in the end, I would love to have no green leaves, no sustainability index, no nutrition index, no eco label, no whatever. I just want to have a consumer price that is really reflecting the costs of a product. And then the consumer is able to make a, a rational choice under the definition of rationality, which is which might be good <laughs> or not, but um, in the moment, it, this is not the case. And what we are trying to do with the sustainability index is getting an approximation and helping consumers to take better decisions. Okay, so what you do is you... Um, so d does this mean that the um, if, if I go if I were to go to an average supermarket uh, in Germany and I would compare um, the prices on, on the supermarket shelf for... Uh, 100 grams of, of steak and I would compare it to this to to what is on offer on your website it would be the same except the difference would be that that with with your website you get a better the consumer at least get a, gets gets an index of the of, of sustainability or is there also a price difference so um, what we do so one one thing for for the consumer is that they get much more information about the farm and also our our sustainability index that might help them to take a better decision for what is what is good for them to eat and what not um, but the, the second important thing about our platform is that we have transparent pricing um, from the farmer's side. So farmers get 85% um, of the price that you see on the website. And this is, this is for every product you, you find on the web page. So we're not negotiating any farmer's prices, but the farmer is, is, um, is um, making the price choice by themselves considering the cost they have um, and... The, and the, the, the farmers on your platform, they set the price themselves and yes. if the consumer likes it, then they can buy it. Okay. Yes. And this is why we, we don't compete on, on the basis of, of prices. So for us, 
um, a price is just reflecting the quality and the needs that that or like the 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 cost that that a produ the product really produced when it was when it was made and um this is something that is not negotiable from our from our point of view because it's just there and it's it's a fact and you can you can buy it at this price or you don't this yeah, is yeah, your free take choice it or leave it, but yeah so the, the the added benefit for the consumer is not just the sustainability that he, but that he or she would also feel um, that they are paying the farmer and not sort of the food chain of the mi yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Okay, that's that's very interesting. I do want to touch on a discussion that we were just having in FFA Berlin, and and you mentioned it before, is that we don't seem to be able in Europe or so far as I know anywhere in the world to to set prices for food at such a level that they don't just take into account. As you, you know, the market effects, the price from the farmer uh, all the way through the food chain to the consumer, but that there seems to be no way to to price in what Janis Potoshnik often refers to as the, the negative externalities. So things like pollution, negative effects on, on soil, water, that kind of thing. Yeah. How do you see that discussion going forward? Should we, in essence, be paying more for food? So it's for me, it's in the end not the question of should we pay more or not. It's It's... It's more a question of we sh we should pay for the true costs of food. So if we are uh, willing to eat food that is not that is very environmental friendly, it might be very cheap as well because um, then we don't then it's not producing any extra costs in the future compared to food that is not environmental friendly this is a food that needs to be very expensive from my point of view because this is eating up our future um so it's not the question of whether you pay a lot or not on food it's more the question of what is the price of a food saying about its impact on the future of food And this is something that we are not incorporating in our calculation at the moment. We are just talking about the social consequences of maybe higher consumer prices if we are incorporating all the costs. Um, but maybe we just we just see a market adoption afterwards. If we are starting to incorporate all the tr the true costs of of our food, then the market has the chance to adapt and bring about new innovations. For example, then in the area of proteins, we see a massive price drop at the moment with synthetic um, proteins, and this price drop is exponentially. It's not just fall. It's not. <laughs> it's not just falling. It's it's like Yeah, it's, it's like it's, going it's, to it's nothing. Collapsing. And yeah, um, no, that's therefore I, be I, I don't believe that we we will have only higher prices in the end, but we'll have a completely different food supply system with different food also. Okay, but let's. I wanted to sort of follow up on that um, briefly because I think this is really interesting. Um, You say there should be, you know, that, that there is a price signal um, that maybe the, the, the things that are produced in, in an unsustainable manner, whether that's socially, environmentally or economically, um, should should cost more. Uh, the things that are uh, produced sustainably should cost less. Um, but I think what we're seeing currently in the market is that, and, and this is a, at least a worry that I have, is that the the stuff that has higher um, 
sustainability levels. So whether it's it's um, high uh, animal protection standards, uh, high sustainability criteria, um, or get organic, uh, all that type of stuff, it does tend to cost a little bit more. And and I think some of the worries that people have um, is that you would sort of get a split in terms of the food supply between the people who can afford sort of the high quality sustainable stuff uh, which will be still a minority of the population and then and then the larger majority which which just simply has less money to spend um, has less money and therefore gets lower quality food maybe not in, in food quality itself but in terms of its production standards yeah. so i worry about that about sort of uh, that turning into a class divide i wonder how you you see that yeah, I, com- I completely agree. In the moment, we already have this two-class system. So the rich people get healthy and sustainable food they, because they can afford it. It's kind of luxury, and it's also becoming a, a symbol of status. Um, and the poor people have to eat and have to eat stuff that is harming our environment, and they have no choice. And it's just cynic to believe that somebody is highly able to afford their living is spending more money on sustainable food. Therefore, I believe that this is a this is a, a classical um, policy question that society has to, has to decide. So we, as a society, have to decide what what needs to be expensive and what needs to be cheap, and then we have to make like legislations that are kind of incorporating the, those external effects in our. Uh, legal system and then companies, farmers, consumers can adapt to that and then we can stop eating up our future. But this is a, a, a question this is this is really a question of in which world do we want to live in in the future? And it's not it's not a question not, not just a moral question, but it's also a, an economic question and also a legal question because we already decided in our um, Grundgesetz, for example, that we want to save the resources of the future. And if we want, if we are serious on that, then we have to stop forcing the poor people eat to eat up our future. And we are really forcing them at the moment because they have no choice. And this is something that really needs to needs decent political discussions, and um, and an, and a change in our laws, and then the economics will change, and then the market can adapt. And if the market is adapting, it will bring about innovation and whatever automatically. But the beginning is our choice. Okay. I think that's a very good note. I think that's the, uh, to to sort of uh, start wrapping uh, this podcast up for today. Um, I think this is something that certainly we here at the FFA uh, try to explore um, from farmers and to consumers, but also very much in a discussion as we've had today at the uh, regional live event with, with policymakers. I think what we do at the on the podcast is we we ask all our participants sort of if you could give a, sort of one bit of advice that according to you would create a better more sustainable food system sort of one way of getting there what would your one way be start incorporating environmental costs and stop subsidizing on the basis of hectares i think that's that's very interesting advice um and i think that's something that that does bear further 
discussion. Uh, Dr. Julia Kern uh, from Pilas and uh, the German Agri-Food Society, thank you so much uh, for joining not just this podcast, but also uh, our event live in the studio today. Um, you can find the link to the full video of that discussion um, in the show notes. And Julia, thank you very much for coming on. And I hope you have a good day and a pleasant trip back home. Thank you very much, Robert. It was a pleasure talking to you. Bye. Thank you very much. You've been listening to an episode of Food Systems, a podcast brought to you by the Forum for the Future of Agriculture. Look for us in two weeks when we release our new episode. And in the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app as well as on Twitter, at ForumFag, for updates on this podcast, news, as well as FFA events. Please check out our website, www.forumforagriculture.com, for more great content. Thank you for listening and enjoy your day.